Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Exodus, chapter 18. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. We're going to read verse 13 through uh, 23. Look at verse 13. I've got to move on. And so it was in verse 13 on the next day that Moses set to judge the people. Now pay particular attention here. Moses sat to judge the people. And the people stood before Moses from morning until evening. So when Moses' father-in-law, Jethro, saw, saw all that he did for the people, he said, What is this thing that you are doing for the people? And why do you alone sit and all the people stand before you? All day long, from morning until evening. And Moses said to his father-in-law, Because the people come to me to inquire of God. And when they have a difficulty, they come to me. And I judge between one and another. And I make known the statutes of God and his laws, the Torah. And so Moses' father-in-law said to him, The thing that you do is not good. Both you and these people who are with you will surely wear yourselves out. For this thing is too much for you, Moses. You are not able to perform it by yourself. Now here's my advice. Listen now to my voice. I'll give you counsel and God will be with you. Stand before God for the people so that you may bring the difficulties to God. And you shall teach them the statutes and the laws. And you will show them the way in which they must walk and the work they must do. Moreover, you shall select or delegate from all the people, able men, such as, fear, such as who fear God, underline that, men of truth, underline that, hating covetousness, underline that, and place such over them to be the rulers of, of thousands, rulers of hundreds and fifties and tens. And let them judge the people at, at all times. And then it will be that every great matter they shall bring to you, Mo, but every small matter they themselves shall judge. And so it will be easier for you, for they will bear the burden with you. If you do these things in verse 23, pay attention. If you do these things and God so commands you, then you will be able to endure. And all this people will also go to their place in peace. Or in other words, Moses, you'll cover all the bases. Now, this part of our text the establishing of a ministry team. Talked about Moses' reunion with his family. This part was particularly difficult in that oftentimes when you teach the word and you're a teacher of the Bible, and the teachers will say amen to this, you, you get really, really, really convicted. And um, teachers? Oh, there's no teachers in here now, huh? Okay. And uh, it's true, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, 
and, uh, and you learn, and you grow, and you compare your life and your ministry and your doings and your goings about <laughs> to the Bible. And uh, you say, okay, God, I need to get better at this, or I'm doing that pretty good, and I need to get better at that part. And this particular text was really, really, really difficult for me in light of that, because I am in ministry, because I am a senior pastor, and because of, um, you know, having people in leadership and, and this whole aspect of delegating and that kind of thing, um, you know, you have to look at those things and you have to evaluate those things. And that's kind of what's going on here. You want to notice in verse 13 in your Bibles, the next day, now go look at it again, if you will. The next day, Moses sat to judge the people and the people stood and waited to counsel with Moses, notice from morning until evening. And then Jethro said, Moses, what are you doing, and why are you doing it alone? And Moses said, because the people only want to counsel with me. And Jethro said, Moses, this is not good. You're going to wear yourself out, and you're going to stress the people out. Now, you want to keep in mind that there were two million people that came out of Egypt. Actually, more like 2.5, but I'm being conservative. Two million people coming out of Egypt and two million people every single day needing to be counseled in some area. I can imagine that there was a line of people to see Moses. And maybe they're in line, they're just getting frustrated. I mean, they've been standing there for, you know, two and a half weeks. And, and, you know, and then, you know, they just get frustrated and they just go, I'm just going to go home. They come back the next day, and you know, they got the little ticker tape number thing. It's like take a number and, dang, I'm 56,422 in line. Everyone needed something from Moses. And Jethro said, Moses, you're going to burn out. Remember, we talked about this. Burnout is never of the Lord. Poured out, yeah. Because being poured out, Paul says, I'm poured out for you. So being poured out is of the Lord because you pour out the people, God pours into you. You pour out to people, God pours into you. But burnout, yeah, I've heard people say, you know, I'm just going to burn. I just want to burn out for Jesus. I just want to burn out for the Lord. I mean, I'm, why? Or you know what? Better to, burn, better to burn out than to rust out. I've heard things like that. Listen, how about this? How about just pace yourself evenly through your life and ministry so that you don't burn out. You certainly don't want to rust out, but you don't burn out because burnout is not of the Lord. Stressing in the ministry is not of the Lord. Listen at this. This is there's a book title. Now listen at this. You'll find this interesting. There's a book title, The Executive Stress Manual, and the authors of the book measure stress in what they call life change unit. And they say that if you have between 200 and 290 life change units in one year, you're going to have a nervous breakdown. Here's just a few of them. They say the death of a spouse would give you 100 life change units. A divorce, 73 life change units. Marital separation from a mate, 65. Detention in a jail or other institution, 63. Death of a close family member, 63. Major personal injury or illness, 
53. Getting married, 50. Like, wow. <laughs> Being fired from work, 47. Vacation, 42. Wow. I mean, listen, oh, man, all this relaxing is stressing me out. I mean, look, it's hard. This vacation thing is hard work. I mean, what's up with that? Christmas, 43. That's interesting. Now, that one I can understand because you can, you can clock up 43 of them at Walmart during Christmas. I mean, Christmas at Walmart should be 200. I ain't kidding you. You heard my Walmart story. All right, I'm going to go there. Troubles with your boss, 23. Major change in working hours or working condition, 20 life change units. Changing residence, moving, 20. Or changing to a new school, 20. You got to keep in mind here, when you talk about changing, imagine Moses for a minute. He's been changing where he's living constantly. We're on campsite number eight, and he's changing a lot. And there's a lot of stress. And he's counseling people. And there's a lot of stress counseling people. Amen. You must be a counselor. It's true. There's a lot of stress counseling people. And so that's where Moses is. So notice in verse 16 in your Bible, Moses says, When they have difficulty, they come to me. They only want to counsel with Moses. Listen. That happens here at Calvary Chapel. People call. This has happened. People call. I like to uh, speak to Pastor Rodney. It is an emergency. Pastor Rodney's unavailable. Um, just whatever. I mean, whatever. I'm just not available. And, well, you know, one of the other pastors are available. And, look, if it's an emergency, they can take you, like, come over right now. We've got three other, four other pastors on staff who will be happy to counsel with you. Oh, no, no, no. I, I really need to counsel with Rodney. Well, he's just not available. Well, okay, well, when will he be available? Uh, two and a half weeks, he's in India. Okay, well, I'll call back then. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. What, what was this, an emergency? And if it's an emergency, then it's an emergency. But, but what, why? You know, people do think this. And I've got to be honest with my Wednesday night family. People think that if they don't counsel with me, somehow they're not going to get the right counsel. When in fact, you know what? I don't know anything anybody else doesn't know. I, I really don't say amen right there. I don't. That would really shatter me right now. It would hurt my psyche. I don't know anything anybody else doesn't know. And as a matter of fact, depending on what your counseling needs are, probably some of the guys know more than I do. I mean, if if you need. You know, financial counseling or marriage counseling. You know, Pastor Jim and Melissa, they are far better at marriage counseling than I am. And, and, and I'm, I mean, they just, that's what God has called them to. That's what God has given them to do. And that's what they do well because they're called of God and anointed to do just that. So absolutely, yes, I can counsel on any subject from the scriptures, but it doesn't mean just because it's me that you're getting the best counsel. One of the elders or one of the deacons or some mature Christian that you know can give you the same counsel any pastor can give you. We don't have the corner on the things of God. 
Now, yes, I mean, with experience comes, you know, with years and experience in ministry comes knowledge, and we have to factor that in, and certainly, and I understand that, but nobody knows anything more than anybody else. You know, we all have the Holy Spirit, and we all know that the Holy Spirit is the teacher, and he's living within us and teaches us and leads us and guides us, and if you counsel people from this, you're going to be all right. And you're going to be all right if you, you give people the word of God, then you start giving them your opinion. Ain't no telling. You probably mess them up. They probably need a, you, you probably damage them because that's, that's your stuff. That's not God. But we need to give people the word of God and counsel them from the word of God, and, and, and they'll get their questions answered. If, if they're Christians, the Holy Spirit will just do the rest. You understand what I'm saying? And so these guys, they think, well, I can only talk to Moses. And Moses is in that trap of thinking, you know, they can only talk to me. They want to see me. And, and it really is interesting because remember when God called Moses, remember when he called Moses and, and, and Moses said, God said, I want you to go to Pharaoh. And Moses said, I can't go. I stutter. Remember that? And he was like, well, you know, I can't, I can't do this. And, and you remember, and, and, you, and now he's like, uh, well, you know what, they, they can't do it without me. It's kind of interesting now how he, you know, a little couple of years in ministry and he's changing a little bit. So they need to talk to me. And, and, and Jethro says, look, you know, that is not good. That's not something that you need to be doing. Notice he goes on to say, Jethro in verse 19, look at that in your Bibles. Moses, Jethro says, Moses, you got to set some priorities. Moses, the priorities need to be, first of all, look at verse 19, saints, stand before God for the people. Moses, this is what you need to be doing, man. In verse 19, stand before God. What does that speak of? Intercession. It speaks of prayer. Moses, you need to have a time of prayer for the people. Notice in verse 20, he says, Moses, you need to teach the people the word of God and show them the statutes and the Torah, the laws. And the way that they should walk and the work that they should do. And then notice in verse 21, and get some qualified men and delegate and let them judge. And if there are things that they can't handle or the big stuff, Moses, then let them bring that to you. Now, in your Bibles, in the margin, right around verse 19 through 21, you can write Numbers chapter 11. Because there you will see that Moses chose 70 men and they're called the elders of Israel. And they were the men who were to handle the everyday stuff. Notice in verse 21, Jethro says, Moses, you need to delegate some responsibility. And not just to any men, watch this, but to number one, I had you underline it in verse 21, men of ability or able men. Not only able men, men of ability, but also men of godliness. These are men who fear God. He says, such as fear the Lord. Did you see that? And then not only that, but men of God's word or men of truth. So men of ability, men of godliness, men of God's word or men of truth. And then men of honor. Notice hating covetousness. I like that one. Men who are not motivated by money, power, prestige, but men who are doing what they do, not for personal gain, but for the glory of God. Men who hate covetousness because there's a lot of folks unfortunately that want to be in ministry because of covetousness maybe not even money how about position i want to be 
said that I'm in leadership at the church and I want my name on the back of the bulletin. You think that's, that, that's funny because no one in here would ever think that. But people do for prestige. That's covetousness. I mean, we think covetousness is wanting somebody else's Lexus. That's not just covetousness. Covetousness, what about power, prestige, your name? These are the men you need to call, men who care nothing about that. They're in the ministry and serving God's people and Moses serving alongside of you for the glory of God and that alone. Very interesting. And so set them, Jethro says, set them over ruler, make them rulers of thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. And then Jethro says, and let them judge the people. Now, listen, fast forward in your own time to Acts chapter 2 through 6. And you'll find there in Acts chapter 2, you know the church is born, the birth of the church. And then you kind of fast forward through chapter 6, and you see the church is growing. And as the church got bigger there in the book of Acts, the complaints got bigger, and they came to the apostles to fix some of the problems. And the apostles, don't you remember the story? The apostles said, it is not good that we should leave prayer and the word of God to handle small matters. Remember? They said... Appoint some deacons to handle that stuff while we continue in prayer and in the word of God. And the qualifications for those men who were chosen to oversee the ministry there in the book of Acts, their qualifications were they had to be men of good reputation, men who were full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom and, 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 and godly men. So even in the book of Acts, we see that they are setting priorities, much like what's happening right here in Exodus chapter 18. They're setting priorities. And it's important for a pastor to set priorities. That's one thing I am certainly learning. It is important to set priorities and not just do everything because it comes across my desk. Now, honestly, I've been pretty good at being able to let ministry go because I think that that's healthy for a church, that the pastor is not doing everything. And, and I try to let ministry go, and sometimes maybe I let it go too much. But I try to let ministry go because it's my heart and my intention to keep the priorities of what I know God has called me to do. And anything else is second to that. People have come and said, well, they have said to me, Pastor Rodney, you know, I've, I came by the church to uh, see you, to counsel with you, and you were not there. And I said, uh, yeah, that's because I was home studying the Bible. Oh, well, you know, I've called the church to get you, and uh, oh, well, I've called your cell phone a couple times, and you didn't call me back. Listen, I, I tell you guys straight, I, if you call me on Wednesday, I'm probably not going to call you back. Why? Because all day Wednesday, I study for Wednesday night. If that's okay, somebody say amen. Y'all awfully quiet, and I'm just trying to help you understand. And, and, and I, I really am not going to stop studying the Word of God to, to call. If there's a need, if there's an emergency, you can call the church office, and one of the other pastors will be more than happy to help you. But i got to keep my priorities in line of what God has called me to do. That's very, very important in the ministry. You get pulled in so many different directions. And the larger the church gets, the more pulled you feel as a pastor. And at the same time, I try to keep my hand and my heart in the ministry and not become an administrator. I don't want to become a manager of a church. I don't want to become an administrator of a large church. I want to be a pastor. 
And being a pastor means that I have to keep my priorities where God has called me and do the thing that I know God has called me to do. And anything else is second to that. If that's okay, somebody please say amen and make me feel okay about it. It's okay. That's what I need to do. And at the same time, you know, it's good pastor, leader, teacher, if you just, you know, having fun is setting priorities. And that's setting priorities. You know, you got to get away from the ministry a time or two. And, and man, I, you know, I started, I picked up bowling prior to my back surgery. And uh, I used to bowl when I was a kid. I had a lot of trophies. Y'all don't want none of this. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, I, I, I picked up bowling, you know, and... Uh, and when I was uh, younger and I started bowling again prior to my surgery, and I just started bowling because it's just fun. I love it. And it's the thing that I do for me to have fun and to bowl. And also it's a good prayer time. <laughs> really, because I, I pray that God that give me strikes and, and spares, man. You know, so it, it's good to set those priorities and do things that are fun. Well, well, notice, you know, I really have a lot more to say about that, but... I really am out of time to say it. So look at verse 23, if you will. You know, look at verse 23 again. If you do this thing and God so commands you, I've got to share this with you. Scholars argue as to whether this advice that Jethro uh, gave to uh, Moses was of God or not. And some say that God gave the position to Moses and Jethro should just stay out of it and mind his own business. Some scholars say that. And then some say, no, this is God speaking and given Moses good counsel. Jethro's given Moses good counsel from God. And, 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 and it is good counsel. I mean, it certainly is. If Calvary Chapel Cary was two million people, I need all the help I can get, man. I mean, look, that's good counsel. But I think verse 23 actually clinches what it really is. Jethro says, if you do this thing and God so commands you, then you will be able to endure. Jethro says, Moses, this is my idea. If God so commands you, Moses, you take this to the Lord, you pray about it, and if God so commands you, then you should go ahead and do it. I think that's the heart here. And we know that Moses actually does do it, and his ministry is furthered as a result of it. Look at verse 24 through 27 as we wrap it up. Moses headed, or heeded, pardon me, the voice of his father-in-law and did all that he had said. And Moses chose able men out of Israel and made them heads over the people, rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifty, rulers of ten. And so they judged the people at all times. The hard cases they brought to Pastor Moses. But they judged every small case themselves. And then Moses let his father-in-law depart, and he went his way to his own land. So before you shut your Bible, obviously Moses listened to Jethro's counsel it extended his ministry, made him more effective. It was D.L. Moody who said, It is better to set a hundred men to work than to do the work of a hundred men. And I like that. And so Moses set men rulers over these people. And, and the thing I want to point out to you as we kind of close here is, you know, some had higher positions than others. One guy got chose, chosen to oversee thousands, and one guy got chosen to oversee tens, and they got placed in different positions. But I do want to point this out to you. God will not honor them because of the number of people that they were placed over. God will honor them 
for their faithfulness over the number of people that they were placed over. You understand? And that's why it's a real dangerous, wrong thing to do to desire to have a big ministry. Because God knows the number that he wants you to oversee. And God will honor you based on that number of people. God is not any more happy with me or anyone else with a, you know, a great, good-sized ministry and going to bless them more you know, than the guy down the street who has 60 people and loving them and serving them. God honors faithfulness. 1 Corinthians, I'll leave you with this. 1 Corinthians 4, 2. It is required of a steward that he be found. What, saints? Faithful. That's what it says. It's required that you be found faithful, not required that you be found eloquent, not required that you be found popular, not required that you have a big ministry. It is required that a man be found faithful, and that's what God honors. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccary.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.